Welcome to Bible Fellowship Church's The Upper Room. Our podcast addresses the Christian's role in today's culture. We hope you enjoy it and find it informative. To help support our ministry, please consider becoming a subscriber and financial contributor. Links to donate are on our website at bfcforyou.org. Now let's get going. All right, this is Scott Kimball. I'm one of the elders and associate pastor of Bible Fellowship Church, and with me tonight is fellow elder and associate pastor, Bob Wren. Good evening. Good to Glad be here. Glad to have you with us. Yeah, good. And conspicuously absent tonight is Andrew Kimball, who would normally be with us on this format, but he and, and many other young people right now are either doing finals this week for college or getting ready to graduate. So... Um, Andrew's busy doing finals and wasn't able to get away to be part of the show, but it, it brings up that, you know, we probably should be keeping those people and those young people in our prayers. They're still trying to get their careers set and figure out where they're headed in life. And obviously the more we can and impress upon them, the Lord's guidance, I think the better. So uh, with that, I'd like to encourage our, encourage our audience also to share and leave a review of, of our podcast. Uh, we do seem to be growing. I've noticed lately in the statistics, we're getting um, more listeners, and I think that's fantastic. And that's that's all due to you folks uh, telling other people about it and getting the word out there that uh, maybe there's something you know that's kind of special that's going on at Bible Fellowship Church, and we're sharing it with the world. So if you do that, I'd appreciate it. I did hear a little bit of news. I'm going to preempt a little bit here um, that Apple is changing their podcast platform a little bit. And this is kind of interesting because it's um, kind of a major shift. Podcasts, by and large, have been free, um, and that they're the way podcasters make their money is through advertising. So they'll advertise products, or they'll have a sponsor, or something like that, that sponsors their podcast, and that's how they um, pay for their for their time. You know, a lot of people do this as a business and uh, try to make an income at it. Well, Apple's kind of changing things with their podcast platform. And what they're doing is they're going to be offering kind of what YouTube and some other uh, platforms are doing now is paid subscriptions. So if you find a podcast you really like, and uh, they may be still offering things that are free, but they may have some exclusive content or whatever that you know, only subscribers get to listen to. You might pay 20 bucks a year or something to, you know, for the privilege of supporting um, these folks in doing their podcasts. And so that that may open up a, a whole new, I don't know, you can consider it a can of worms or whatever. I'm not sure how to look at yeah. it really yet. We'll see. But, um, you know, once again, a- Apple is kind of going out there leading the market and saying, hey, you know, we... We can make podcasting better, but at the same time, they're also making it more exclusive because the only way you're going to get paid through this model is if you put your podcast through Apple Podcasts. So Spotify, all those other kind of services um, haven't adopted this yet. So it'll be interesting to see where this heads in the future. Um, Just thought I'd throw that in there because I just heard uh, about that today. So. Let's move forward here, and uh, we'll begin to talk about the Sunday message. So this Sunday, Pastor Don was in Isaiah, uh, still in chapter 40, and uh, 
I thought, um, a pretty good message. I think after I got done editing it and all that, it was down to about 30 minutes or so, but 32, no, there you go. 32. And, uh, but I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a good message. I, I wanted to get your take on it, Bob, and your, your thoughts as far as theme and that kind of thing. Uh, it wasn't what I was expecting when I sat down Sunday morning. Um, I think the general theme of it had to do with uh, the glory of God uh, in contrast to the in- insignificance of man in mm. anything that man has to think. Even his thoughts about God are so insignificantly wrong when it comes to the real glory that um, is there that um, it, it reminded me of uh, what um, God finally you know, listened to. Job and his buddies talk for, you know, chapters and chapters and chapters. And finally, at the end of it, he just shuts him down and says, you know, where, where were you when I did this and that and the other thing? And uh, it was really reminiscent of that different circumstances, I think, because um, the context here is, um, you know, Israel's already been taken off into captivity by the Assyrians. God has delivered uh, Judah and Jerusalem to the south from the Assyrians in a, a, a a major way that who can de- de- debate about how that took place. That was certainly God showing all of the things that he was talking about mm-hmm. in chapter 40. And then to kind of let them know that um, the worst is still yet to come. I mean, Babylon's going to take them off. It's going to be horrible. And they're never going to be the same um, after that. Until um, God comes back and sets up the uh, millennial kingdom with this Messiah. And it started again with it is that um, God's coming with his reward and his recompense. Mm. And uh, reminding the people of the time there that there are consequences, you know, because rewards are consequences. Just as, um, you know, we think of recompense as being a negative thing. Um, But there, there there are good things, there are bad things good consequences, bad consequences um, that come from that. And that was sort of the the start of what, we, you know, Isaiah went on to say, and then what God also alluded to um, in his statements to Israel there. Um, everything that you're thinking about me is way too small. And it was it, the way Don posed it, I thought, was uh, really caused me to think. I've been thinking about it ever since. It's like, um, do you know God? Mm-hmm. And then to ask the question, well, what does that even mean? You know, what do people mean when, when we say, do you know God? You know, because that's that's probably uh, um, a lead in for, um, you know, stopping somebody on the street and, you know, you're going to witness to them and say, hey, do you know God? Mm-hmm. Well, what are they going to say? I mean, what would I say? You know, when you stop and think about what do I really know uh, about God? I, I probably know precious little about him. When, when it gets right down to it, um, I, I know that he's trustworthy. I know that he's truthful. I know that he's holy. But he, even when I talk about those things, I don't think I really grasp the, the depth of it, the significance of it. Um, the fact that when, when you put it in light of the fact that he is the creator and that everything that we can see or touch or taste or feel or, or sense as um, created beings, he created. And so, of course, he can, you know, it, you know, even the, the, you know, one of the things, you know, he, he can hold all the waters in, in the hollow of his hand. Well, that that's just a word picture for us. Right. The reality of it is, 
it, it wouldn't even be the hollow of his hand. You know, you know, he's giving us some ideas, um, you know, trying to tie it in with what we can understand as human beings um, and the immensity that of who he is. Anyway, that, that's that's kind of the long version. Of, uh, no, that's good. Well, and I liked uh, how he's, you know, he kind of he went in and said, well, you know, here, here's what I can think. Well, I know Drew Brees, but does Drew Brees know me? And so that that was a helpful word picture. And then at the end, when he was talking about waiting on the Lord, um, he once again brought back in the Drew Brees and the receiver going out, you know, making the cut, turning and waiting, mm-hmm. waiting on the ball, waiting on the pass from Drew. And the waiting is is the trust that he's going to deliver on what he's going to do. And so Don did also say in there that, you know, God would say, what, really? You're using Drew Brees? <laughs> To kind of highlight me, well, you're falling way short. But you know where he got off? You know, there's that section there sort of in the middle of the passage where it was talking about how we um, fashion gods. You know, the the more well-to-do we are, the the fancier um, our gods are that we fashion. And the poorer we are, the the, the less, um, you know, expensive our fashioning of our god is but the the whole point in the thing was is that we fashion god in our own image hmm. and that's it that's backwards we're made right. in his image um uh, he's he's not fashioned after our image so i i am still I've, I've listened to it twice you know i listened to it sunday and then i've listened to it twice more i think i could listen to it a couple more times and still continue to grasp more and more of it yeah, it's interesting if you think about it, and I think you brought up a, a good point about, you know, what do we really know about God? And obviously, all that we know about God, we know from what he's chosen to reveal to us. Right, scripture. And and even in that scripture, how many people really delve into that to truly discover and know God, you know? And so our perception of who God really is, is, is already limited based on what he's chosen to reveal to us. And then on top of that, limited again by our inability to actually study the word and, and seek out and try to know, you know, who God is through his revealed word. And so you're right. We probably know precious little, you know, when it comes right down to it. But I also thought too, that, you know, at the start of this, when Don was preaching on this chapter, he started out with the whole comfort, comfort thing, which made me think, you know, that this whole passage is really intended because you got to understand that Israel was at a point where they had just been devastated and they'd narrowly escaped because due to God's intervention, um, complete annihilation by the Assyrians. And so I'm sure they were very disheartened, probably very demoralized. And, uh, and then for, God to come back and give them this word of comfort, which as you begin to read through it, you think to yourself, oh, this doesn't necessarily sound like comfort to me, but it is comfort in that God is all powerful. He can do all things. He has created all things. He, you are nothing. You are insignificant to the power of God and he can do anything. And I, I kind of wonder if maybe they thought they could, you know, be, I don't know if it, at this point in the passage, if they had actually talked about or or made reference to the fact that Babylon was going to be coming in and finishing the job at this point. Maybe they thought they could somehow get out of that. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I mean, it, if you looked at um, the passage in uh, either second Chronicles or second Kings, where it talked about 
um, Hezekiah after the uh, Assyrians were, um, you know, slain 185,000 of them. Right. Um, all of a sudden he, he became a big dog around there and Jerusalem and Judah became a big dog because their God, you know, took care of the bully on the block. And so obviously their God was the one that was the big deal mm-hmm. there. And so maybe the surrounding um, peoples and people groups and nations kind of realized it more than Jerusalem and Judah did. Which would make sense when you consider that, uh, was it Hezekiah's son? Manasseh or whatever ended yeah. up being an absolutely evil and wicked king. Obviously, he wasn't following the Lord. And he did make a turnaround at the very mm-hmm. end. He made a turnaround. So I don't know. You know, it. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it there. Yeah. Well, I think there's, you know, obviously there's a lot of application and a lot of life lessons, you know, in this. And, and especially when it comes to what Don, I think, was trying to get across this last Sunday you know, do you really know God and what does that mean? And if, if you do know God and you, and you do have a handle on who the biblical God is, how does that affect how you live your life? It, it ought to affect it greatly. I mean, you remember that um, video um, series we watched, Behold Your God? Yeah. And, and it, 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 I think it probably referenced this passage, Behold Your God, Behold Your God. And one of the things that the guy um, kept circling back around to is that your view of God will affect your view of sin. Um, And I I forget there were like two other things it'll affect. But, you know, he said, you know, little, little God, um, you don't think he cares so much about sin. Whereas if it's a your your view of uh, a big view of God, who God is and how serious, then he takes sin very seriously. And it affects the way that you look at him, therefore, the way that you walk in the world, the way that you um, perceive your relationship with him and how important it is. Um, and so I, I, I've, I've been thinking about that, too, is that it does once again circle me back around to that and make me stop and think about, well, you know, am I letting things slide a little bit here? Or there? Am I is my view of God big enough? Or should it, and it, I think it should always be. Right. I think there's always room for it to improve, always room for it to expand, because I I, I would be foolish to think that I could stop and say now that, yeah, I, I've got a good idea on um, who God is. I've, I've really kind of arrived there. I know exactly who he is. I, not at all. Not at <laughs> all. Um, and it, it just makes me think that I need to keep making my view of him bigger and bigger and bigger. And so the, that's why passages like this are important is because it does make you stop, pause, think, and uh, contemplate the questions that he was asking Judah and uh, Jerusalem at this time. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that, um, you know, this is one of those passages that you probably need to come back and revisit periodically and just, you know, keep it fresh in your mind because we do. We kind of drift away and we kind of go about our own business and we stop thinking about the grandeur of God passages like this kind of bring us back into the correct perspective again. I went up to Don after the sermon and I said, you know, I couldn't help but think as I was listening to you preach that this is one of those passages that parents really need to spend time teaching their children. Yeah. You know, kids need to grow up with this perspective of who God is. You know, we've got too many people today that I think he even mentioned it in the sermon, you know, that some people complain about God and, you know, if God was you know, all loving or whatever, why would he right. let things be the way they are and that kind of thing? And it is such a simplistic and naive view of 
the worldview that God has created here and that I, but I know people like that. I know people at work like that. You know, I've got a, um, a guy at work who he, he says he can't believe in God because God lets babies die kind of thing. Oh, for crying out loud. You know, and it's like, okay, your, your view of God is so small that obviously you're trying to fashion God in how you would want him to be. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people are like that though. They, they can't view God beyond their own existence. And so they try to box God into the kind of person or friend or whatever they think he ought to be. Well, it, it's once again, our image or his image, you know, mm-hmm. um, whose image are we making him out to be? Yep. And, uh, I, yeah, I, once again, we've got it backwards, right? <laughs> right. I mean, because what's the purpose of life? It's the glory of God. What's the purpose of Scripture? The Scripture is supposed to be for the glory of God, God, God-centric, you know? And so, uh, you know, once again, what what do we as mankind or men want to do? We want to make Scripture about us. Right. So when he's trying to reveal himself to us through his written word, we're fighting him every step of the way, trying to make what he's written about us um, instead of about him. and. Um, that's and about our glory. Right. Yeah. And so it's it's just it, it just kind of points in the direction of that's just a um, a symptom of the overall major problem is that we're trying to make it about us and not about yeah. him. Well, and it doesn't it go back right back to the garden. It says, and you can be like God's. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so yeah. what do we need with you? If we're now like God's, what do we need with another guy? Yep. It's crowded enough in this room as it is. <laughs> Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what the whole Tower of Babel and all that was about. You know, we were they were going to form their own system. They didn't need God. They could do it themselves. And we're still doing that today. I mean, that's what human government's all about. Yeah. You know, we're trying to make life work, make society work without God. So, you know, and too many people out there put their faith in the wrong things. You know, they're putting it in their government. They're putting it in their neighborhood. They're putting it in their community instead of putting their faith in God. Yeah. And yeah. let's let's not leave retirement funds out either. Yeah. yeah right. We're exactly. putting it in our stock market. Well, exactly. You know. Yeah. You know, and that's a, that's a stressful thing. And it really does test your your faith and your resolve. You know, I'm only a couple of years away from retiring and I'm you know, I'm worried. I'm wondering, you know, do I have enough set aside? Will I be able to retire? You know, and and it comes back to me is like, okay, are you really trusting God or not? Right. You know, is right. God going to take care of you or is he not going to take care of you? And right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he'll take care of me. He always does. Right. Yeah. You know? We may be, you know, down there at Walmart on alternating days, greeting people as they come in and out, but we'll be eating, you know? Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm not worried. The needs will be met. Right. Yeah. You know? Exactly right. Exactly right. No, that's, and that's a super encouraging. Again, comes back to the passage comfort, comfort. Yeah. You know, if we have the proper view of God, I mean, you know, they're facing complete annihilation by Assyrians and then the Babylonians. And God's saying, look, you can be comforted in all this if you just have the right view of God. Yeah. Because look what he did. Look what he did at the end of it. I mean, we've got history to point back to. He brought exactly. him back. He, he brought did. him back, you know. He did. Um, who, who saw that coming? Well, and even in the midst of their captivity, I mean, the whole story of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and yeah. you know, all the stuff that happened. It's just uh, amazing the things that God was able to work and do through those people. And that, that great chapter, chapter four, where he just drives Nebuchadnezzar stark raving mad and drives him into the field for seven years. 
yeah. to eat grass like a beast. And the, the declaration that that guy, who is hands down the greatest king, who had the most power of any king in, in all time, because at right. that point, his word was it. You yes. know, after that, the law had to go through different, you know, channels and things like that. He was the most powerful that had ever lived. And he made this declaration about God at the end of his madness. That was just he he knew who God was. Right. You wanna, if you want to read the words of somebody who had come to an understanding of who God was, read Nebuchadnezzar's declaration at the end of Daniel four. There's absolutely somebody, there's somebody who knew who God was. Yes, absolutely. No question in his mind. He got it right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, that's that's amazing. It really is. It really is amazing stuff. Cool. Were there any other tidbits or anything you picked out of the message? Um, I think we've covered it all. No Tom Brady. No Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, well, the other tidbit was, you know, um, tears are running the 5K and she says, well, how do you know it was a good 5K? She says, well, I, uh, I turned purple and I puked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. There we yeah. go. Tress kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah. Really good stuff. Let's see here. Uh, notes wise. Um, yeah. Kind of like we talked before, the only real things I'd seen lately in the news today were um, some information from the CDC. You know, our whole podcast started because of COVID and the lockdown and needing to do something to get the word out about what was going on and what the standards were going to be. And, and, uh, because we couldn't meet it as a church at the time. And so it today, which is, let's see, a year and a month now. Yep. Sounds yep. about right. Um, the CDC finally came out and said that if you're fully vaccinated and you're outdoors, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. So not that you have to wear one, but they're not, they don't even recommend it anymore. So, which is kind of interesting. And I'm, I'm wondering how long it's going to be before that uh, study that Stanford University did is going to make more headway. They actually did a, um, a study and published it peer reviewed and everything. I mean, this is, this is good science here that talked about the detrimental effects of mask wearing. Really? And yes. And talked about how bad it is for you and all the different things it can cause health wise, um, including early death. I mean, it, it's, it's a pretty severe repudiation of this idea that everybody ought to all just be wearing masks all the time. And, um, so it, it's, it's a good study. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, I'm sure you can Google it and find it, but it was published through the national institutes of health. And, um, which is kind of interesting because it's another governmental agency and it's, and it's saying some things that maybe kind of fly in the face of what we're being told by the CDC. Hmm. Anyway. So now I, you know, I think we're finally getting to a point. I'm seeing more people out in public, not wearing, not wearing masks. Um, they're still maintaining some social distancing. I'm not seeing people, you know, doing full body hugs or any of that kind of thing at, at this point, but uh, unless it's a family member, but uh, you know, I think people are being cautious um, without being crazy about it, which is, which is a good thing. Which so, proves that we can do it. Yeah. You know, as, as people, we can make these decisions and act uh, sensibly. Right. And we shouldn't have to have a government mandate to tell us to do right. something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Don't pick up, don't pick up the snake. Okay. Okay. <laughs> exactly. No, you didn't tell me. I. Well, 
Well, I'm going to pick it up anyway. So it's like, okay, well then you suffer the consequences right, for right. it. You know, it's like, we, I don't know why we're trying to protect people from themselves all the time. We can't fix that. No, exactly. All righty. Well, um, a few other things we got going on. We've got our men's meetings on Saturday morning, the Saturday morning breakfast. And so for those of you guys who want to get out on Saturday mornings at eight o'clock in the morning, we'd love to have you. Um, John cooks up a really good breakfast and we've been um, talking about a passage in second Peter chapter one and uh, yep. Chapter one and uh, going over some of these qualities that are listed there. And it's been really good. It's been an enjoyable discussion. So you're welcome to come out to that. Um, the ladies are also doing a ladies tea in uh, May May 15th, and that'll also be at the church. So if you're one of the ladies in the church and you'd like to attend that, um, just let uh, Margaret Tomlinson uh, know. And if you don't know how to get a hold of her, uh, we have a church directory that you can access through an app called the Church Center. You can get the information there and be able to um, find out what all is going on with the details on that. And uh, we'd be glad to have you there. Uh, any other things you can think of, Bob, that we need to bring up before we close out? Just always uh, be uh, thinking about backpacks for uh, Honduras. You know, when you see something like, you know, underwear, socks or soap or that's real, really good price, go ahead and snag it up and drop it off at uh, Don's ex-office and put them all together. But uh, keep that in mind. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good uh bring up, you know, there's folks out there probably that don't even attend our church that listen to these podcasts. And, you know, our church uh, supports a ministry in Honduras called, uh, they call it Sours or Sowers for Pastors. Right. How does he? Uh, well, it's, one uh, of those? it's Sours for Pastors, but it's it's spelled Sowers. So sowers. it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I like it. It's a good ministry, fantastic ministry. And I've, I've not seen a, a missions ministry like this where there's, they're, whole focus is meeting practical needs. And so the backpack ministry is one of those ministries that helps children be able to go to school. Um, they build bridges, they literal bridges, um, over streams and stuff. They put roofs on churches. They help pastors get motorcycles so they can get around to their community. I mean, just so many practical needs met through this ministry. And, and so if you want to know more information about how to get involved with that, uh, contact the church and and uh, we'll see what we can do to to get you plugged in. Uh, really, some really good stuff there. These people do good, good, good work. And then we got uh, Mike and Amanda Ball over in Fiji. Um, we get regular updates from them. So they're uh, they were in the process this past week of actually handing out uh, the Christmas boxes that came that were supposed to go out last year, but got canceled because of COVID. And so they were able to finally get you know that stuff handed out and. He, he mentioned one thing in there about that the things that that are in there that get read by the kids, they figure that at least I, I want to say another eight adults would probably read it before it was all over and done with. Oh, wow. And Just because so, of the way it gets passed around. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, that's, you're not just talking about a kid and that's it. it you're talking about the family that it goes home to. And so I you know, let's keep them in your prayers as well. Um, I think. Are those the only two that we're rolling with right now? There's those two. Of course, there's the um, the gospel record. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the rescue mission. Rescue mission, right? Locally in Biloxi, right? Uh, that we continue to support. We did add um, Mark and uh, Renee Perkins. Um, 
Like me and Brita did when they passed through. They're over in uh, Tahiti. Oh, right. Yeah, so um, we're getting some yep. updates from them now. So. Yeah, they've got a good ministry going, too. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. You know, people like to complain about the church and how the church, you know, isn't isn't doing anything or even causing trouble. But if you really sat down and took a minute to see the kind of work that missionaries and you know, church denominations, the amount of money they pour into third world countries for aid and assistance and whatnot. It's, it's amazing. It really is. And I, I think if all that were to suddenly stop one day, rapture, um, <laughs> I think, well, I think the world would suddenly realize real quickly how much, much of a blessing that the right. Christians have been to this planet right, uh, for the last 2000 years. So yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive uh, when you actually look into it. All righty. Well, I want to encourage everybody to continue to pray that God will allow you to invite some folks to church and uh, also be in prayer for our nation. Um, you know, we've uh, we're taking some interesting steps in this country. We're getting ourselves deeper and deeper in debt. Uh, we're pretty heavily in bed with communist China. Um, it's you know, there's some things out there that just don't look good. Don't pass the smell test and. As Christians, we need to be positive and encouraging, but we also need to be praying for our leaders that that God will guide them to make the right decisions. And, you know, and maybe this is the right decision. Maybe this is how we get to the one world government where the Antichrist finally comes. I don't know. But there's no guarantee of that. And I don't want to necessarily live through a time when when we've got a one world government that's imp- seriously oppressive and then it all just collapses and the whole thing starts over again, which is, you know, kind of what's happened in the past. So. To continue to pray for our leaders. With that, uh, Bob, would you close us out in prayer this evening? Sure. Thanks. Father, uh, start off with that. I want to ask you that you would help us uh, as believers um, to consider more and more each and every day um, who you are uh, and what it is you're trying to tell us about yourself and that we would pay attention and that through the leading of your spirit that you would open our eyes, open our hearts to know more about you and know who you are. And, and and knowing that you know us way better than we know ourselves and um, that you'll always know us better than we know ourselves. So help us to to grow in that area, to trust you more and to become more pleasing in your sight, um, to live a, a life in that perspective of, all right, knowing what I know, how do I live? How do I walk? How do I please this this God who I know? Uh, and help us to do that well. I pray for Andrew as he is studying and getting ready for tests. I pray that you'll give him a clear mind, give him rest that he needs to be prepared to to take a good test, to get good grades. Um, I thank you for his determination to try to better himself, to get a better job for him and his family so that he can stay here and not move up to North Alabama. Um, But we thank you for young men like him and Zach and Stephen, um, guys that are coming up. Um, Wyatt, um, we, we pray for these young people, for Jacob. I mean, they, they, they're dealing with kids and families and jobs. And they're where we used to be 30 years ago. And uh, we forget, I think, um, that it was a challenge and that they need our prayers and help us to be an encouragement to them. To be a crutch for them, to step in there and let them lean on us on occasion. Um, Help us to be the support that they need, but help us not ever to neglect um, our prayers to you 
in their on their behalf. I pray for all the missionaries that we support and all those that are supported by other folks um, that are out there um, living it. And they couldn't do what they do if we don't help them. And I pray that you will always help us to be a generous church and that we would always look to those needs so that the gospel does continue to go and reach out further and further to people groups that it's yet to touch. I pray for our leaders, Father. Um, whether they're Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, independent, you've given us leaders. And in your word, you didn't delineate between liberals and conservative leadership and who we pray for. You said pray for our leaders. And so I, I ask that you'll help us to do that. I pray for them that they would use good judgment, make good decisions. And that they would have, first and foremost, um, the best interest of this country and the people of it in all of their decision making. And more importantly than that, I pray that you would be first place in their decision making, that they wouldn't run any decision past without running it past you and asking you to lead their hearts in the considerations of what they would do. And I, if we had leaders that would do that, what a place. What a place. Um, so we ask this for them. Um, I pray for Don as he's studying, too. We forget that he's back in the midst of it. And uh, I am amazed. I am amazed how he can teach like he does and how he continues to study uh, to prepare for a, another doctorate. So give him the time that he needs, the energy that he needs. Help him to do well at it. So we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Bob. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and found it thought-provoking. The Upper Room is a Bible Fellowship Church production. The opinions discussed by our guests are just opinions and random thoughts at the time of recording and do not necessarily reflect the doctrine or stated beliefs of Bible Fellowship Church. 